You're listening to the Homeschooling Families Podcast by Teach Them Diligently. Welcome! Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Today, Jennifer Pepito is joining us again on the podcast. The last time she was with us, we talked all about creating a living education, and I encourage you to check out that podcast as well if you haven't heard it yet. I promise you'll be encouraged. On today's episode, Jennifer and I are going to be talking about overcoming homeschool and mothering fears, why that matters, and then she's going to offer some specific ways to help you overcome your fears. I can't wait for you to hear what she has to say. Before we dive into that conversation, though, I want to make sure you're aware of what I truly believe is the best spot on the internet for homeschool moms, Teach Them Diligently 365. With a membership to TTD 365, you get access to our audio vault of every workshop ever given at a Teach Them Diligently event through the years. That's literally thousands of workshops available on demand whenever you need encouragement or help with a specific issue. But the audio vault is just the beginning of the awesomeness that awaits you in 365. You also have access to every virtual event we've ever produced exclusive new monthly content from me and other members and experts, community groups and discussions, retreats, regular meetups, and more. The community and discipleship that happens within 365 are truly the power behind it. Moms there are growing together and thriving because there's always someone ready to answer a question, give an idea, or just help carry their burden by praying for them and encouraging them. Get a membership to Teach Them Diligently 365 today and see how it can transform your homeschooling efforts as well. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash join TTD365 to learn more and to sign up now. Again, that's teachthemdiligently.net forward slash join TTD365 to learn more now. Today's podcast is sponsored by AOP. Homeschooling empowers parents to give their children an individualized education like no other educational setup can provide. With AOP, you can teach your children in the way they learn best while keeping homeschooling fun and full of excitement as you discover new things each day. You can choose from multiple curriculum options to fit your child's strengths, learning styles, and needs. So go to AOP.com to learn more today. Again, Go to AOP.com to learn more today. Hey, you guys, I am thrilled to welcome with me today Jennifer Pepito. Jennifer has been on the podcast before, and her episode actually may still be the top listened to episode, but it's one of the top three. People love hearing from her, and you are in for a real treat today. So, Jennifer, welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Leslie. It's been such a privilege to get to spend time with you in person and on the podcast. So thanks for having me. Well, you are welcome. It's it's always a joy and it's always nice to talk to someone, even as we were praying before and the Lord just kind of brought to mind, he creates friendships that you know are kind of unlikely. We're on two opposite sides of the country 
And yet when you share a bond in Christ, the Lord can knit your hearts together. And he has done that. And I just, I so appreciate what he is doing through you to encourage moms all across the country. So I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and kind of where you're coming from. And then we're going to dive into really talking about overcoming homeschool fears and how we can do that as moms. I'm excited about this. I'm the mom of seven children. My oldest just turned 29. My youngest is 13. So I've been parenting for a long time and I've homeschooled for 25 years. I I homeschooled starting in preschool with my daughter and it's just been the joy of my life. But I definitely, you know, wrote the book, Mothering by the Book, partly out of almost like an opportunity to warn moms, like some of the years of parenting I did squander because of fears that really were in the, in, in retrospect, pretty irrelevant, pretty unimpressive. And, and they didn't have a big bearing on our future. And I really want moms, I'm passionate about helping moms just love and enjoy the journey with their children because we only get this finite Mm -hmm. amount of time. Yeah, we were actually talking about that before too, about how you you find yourself so quickly knocking on the door of that launch time and you don't want to have any regrets. You don't want to look back and see that that you bought into lies that caused you to fear or that stifled your growth. And then that impacted the way that you parented your children. So I, I wanted to, I guess, lead off with kind of setting the stage with why does overcoming fear matter? How does it hold us back? Why why is this so important as a topic? Yeah, I think it's interesting because fear is such an innocent thing for us as moms. Like, I'm a mom. You know, my daughter told me once, don't worry about me, mom. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, don't even <laughs> say that to me. I'm your mom. That's my job. I'm going to worry about you. And, you know, it's normal to have concerns for our kids. But the problem is, in my experience, when you are consumed with fears for your children, you are in your head. You don't look very happy. You look worried and concerned. Children pick up on the atmosphere that we create through our fear. And then what they think is that they're failing, that we're worried because there's something wrong with them. They don't pick up on the love that motivates that fear or our our just desire for the best for them. What they think when they see our worried, unhappy face is that they are failing in some way. And I think that just creates such an atmosphere of um, failure and fear for our children to try and learn under, and it's not productive. Right, right. Well, I've also found in my own life, just speaking, you know, very personally and vulnerably, fear can paralyze you. Fear can make you not do the things that you know you should be doing, or a fear can make you think too much of what other you think other people are thinking of you, that it steers you in a direction you really should have never gone. So there are a whole lot of ways that this fear can impact not only our own lives, but really truly the way that our family functions um, in very negative ways. Yeah, that's so true. We I just did a book club last night for Pride and Prejudice, which is one of the books I talk about in Mothering by the Book. And the mom in there is just the classic example of what happens when you give way to fear because mm-hmm. she has all these, and some of them are very valid. Like she could get thrown out of her home. And I'm sure that's a, a devastating thing to think about. But her fear caused her to be controlling, miserable, manipulative, and and it, it drove everyone away from her. And that's not what we want. Like we want to have a close family. We want children who will 
love God because they see us loving him and they see us rejoicing in God. But when we let fear drive us, we create an atmosphere that's so opposite to what we actually want. Right, right. Well, and it's so easy to give lip service to all those things, uh, you know, the joy, the peace, the all, the gentleness, all of these things that we want to see in our own lives and definitely in our children. And yet, like you were noting, what we are living out, what we are allowing ourselves to actually model for our children gives a very different view of those. And that that also has very damaging ramifications for our kids. It's so true. Some of the most, you know, I I think it's interesting because we don't want to just be careless. You know, we want to be thoughtful about the homeschool decisions we make and thoughtful about the home atmosphere we create. But I think, you know, I I think of one family, they homeschooled, they had a big family, um, but their, you know, their house wasn't always perfect. Everybody wasn't always fit. Like there were some things that I could have improved upon, but they're just the happiest family. Like their adult children are all very functional, very happy. And some of the homeschool families that I knew who there was a lot of concern and they were, they were in a sense, somewhat fear-based, like just Mm -hmm. such perfectionists about the way they parented. And those are the kids who some of them have completely left the faith or some of them, you know, don't even speak to their parents. And so I think, you know, just being aware, I mean, the joy of the Lord is our strength, not the not, you know, and obviously the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but I think there's an awe there that we're talking about right. more than this fear of the future, because God constantly says, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about tomorrow. And so I think that even in our homeschooling, like we are, we have to teach our children to read, but if they're not reading at six, it doesn't mean they never will. Exactly. We have to teach our children math, but if they're not completing their math lessons at eight, it doesn't mean they never will. Like some of the things that we get fixated on these little things like, oh, they didn't finish their grammar worksheet. It doesn't mean they won't be able to go to college. Hmm. It doesn't mean they'll never be able to get a job. And so I think, you know, taking a deep breath and trying to put things in perspective. And I think that is why literature is so powerful is, you know, you read like Little House on the Prairie, for instance, a classic series that people still read and love. The woman who wrote that classic series that has stood the test of time really had only a few years of of formal schooling. You know, she was only in school for a few years. Her mom taught her in between building houses and taking care of people with scarlet fever and, you know, all these other crazy things. So I think that when you look at history, when you look at what people have accomplished, it can help us with our homeschool fears as well, because people do naturally learn. It doesn't have to take 12 years of six hours a day and worry and fear and being consumed with it to well educate our children. Right, right. Well, and you make a big point in your book about the power of reading aloud and and how that helps to overcome these fears. How does how does that tie in? What is the correlation there? You know, I think that what it was, I mean, I'm such a student of parenting and homeschooling. I just love those subjects. So I've read so many books, but I think Sometimes the books can leave us confused because you have one person saying unschool and another person saying Mm -hmm. classical and all these different methods are being extolled. And even in parenting, you know, grace based and discipline and authoritarian and and um, no authority. It's confusing. Right. But then you sit down and read books out loud to your children, which as Charlotte Mason homeschoolers, we've been reading out loud for 25 years. And you see the real stories of real people, you know, like the Ralph Moody series, Little Britches. There's another one where we read those books and our lives were changed because we saw, you know, he 
and his family had to overcome the loss of their father Mm -hmm. and the way that they learned how to work together and work for the good of the family. um, The way that, that there were consequences, even some of his decisions were bad decisions, but we saw how he had to face the consequences of those decisions. And so I think, you know, sometimes a story is so much more revealing of truth than a parenting book where you actually aren't getting a peek into what those people's lives are really like. Or so often parenting books are written by people who have like their oldest child is 16 or something. And (laughs) they they really haven't had a chance to see how this works when their children have adult power. And so I think it's just the literature that has been, you know, that stood the test of time that shows the real human struggle can point us to um, how life works, how humanity works, the hope that we have in Jesus, the hope that even if you have a bad school day, even if you have a bad school year, even if something looks like it's going off the rails now, that doesn't mean it's forever. There are so many stories where we see even out of hardship or mistakes, people rise from the ashes. Louis Zamperini's one we just have been reading about where he was a godless man for much of his life. And then later in life, um, came to know the Lord, had a miraculous transformation in his life and and really shared the gospel. So I think as mothers, we we have to just take hope that God has a good plan. Well, absolutely. And, you know, there's been so many times through the years when, as I have been reading aloud, not thinking that I was doing anything for my own heart, the Lord has actually drawn my attention to things through what I was reading because of the way it was positioned, that it's made me look at things in a very different light. And I have grown so much in in ways I would have just never, ever imagined. So it's amazing to me how God can use that time what that we think is for our kids, that, you know, we're, we're prioritizing. We know how good reading aloud is for our kids, but he uses it truly, like you were noting, to minister to our hearts, to help us position things in different ways, look at things in different ways, and to remind us of his truth in ways that we wouldn't have expected. Yeah, it's so good. And you, you can see Jesus told stories. He told, he, he instructed through parables. And yeah. even in the Old Testament, there's so many um, stories and parables. And I think it's because story gets nuanced better. You know, it's like, it's easy for someone to say, oh, you always need to do this as a parent, or you should always do this. But that doesn't really touch the fact that every person is different and every family situation is different. And, and we really have to be discerning and have to, you know, you, you look at like Bible examples for parenting, for instance, because that's one thing, you know, Christians have tended to say, here's the one right way to parent and not really a lot of, um, maybe understanding of like learning styles and personality styles and all of what goes into making a human. So then you look at the Bible. Okay, God, show me exactly how to parent. Well, you don't have one example of like a perfect parent raising a perfect child. You have Adam in the garden with the perfect parent still making huge mistakes. But we also have all these beautiful admonishments like, you know, to train up your child in the way they should go, to teach them diligently, to read these words to your child. And so there are things that we can take from those stories that we can apply to our lives with faithfulness. But I think it takes some of the pressure off of thinking that we can control the outcome or we can make things perfect, which can take away a lot of fear. If we're not so afraid that we're going to make a mistake and ruin our children, but instead trust that, you know, trust in the Lord and do good. So shall you dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. If we can live with that kind of childlike trust that I will faithfully parent my children, 
I will faithfully read the Bible to my children. I will faithfully teach my children. But you take out the fear and then all of a sudden it's just a gift to God. There's joy and there's peace in it because you know the outcome is his. Well, and I love that you made that point because so often we put so much pressure on ourselves to be perfect or to control the outcome as if we possibly could, that we lose our joy. But <laughs> when we actually get in God's word and we we remind ourselves regularly of who we are serving and who is in control ultimately, it does reposition all of that. And it it actually makes us, I guess the opposite of fear would be brave. It makes us brave. It makes us more secure in our standing. And and how does then kind of switching that around rather than parenting fearfully, parenting bravely, how does that impact our families? Yeah, I think, I mean, just just even the the doing the opposite in terms of our daily life. Like for instance, I, I get scared of my kids getting hurt and, but we've done things like gone whitewater rafting or taken a mission trip to Africa or, you know, um, gone hiking, whatever it might be that puts me in the way of having to trust God. Like I, when I, we whitewater rafted all seven of us and my daughter was the guide. And you think that having your child drive you around is scary. How about try having your child run you through class four, I mean, maybe class three rapids, Uh you know? And so there was a bit of that ride where I had to just close my eyes and pray. I was scared. I was trying my best to be brave for my kids. But I think the more we exercise that, that muscle of bravery, the more we, you know, do what we feel like God is telling us to do instead of making decisions out of fear, Mm -hmm. the easier it will be for us to, to trust our kids to God because he has good plans for us, but I don't think he created us to just be sitting cowering in our homes, hoping that nothing bad happens to us. Right, right. And, and when we shift that responsibility over and we shift our focus over, then not only does it take that pressure off of us, but I can tell you as one who, you know, like you, I've experienced even sending my son into a really rough spot when you know that God is in control and you are confident that he is following God's plan, where he's going. The peace that God gives you is truly beyond understanding because we can then literally cast our cares, cast those ones that we care so deeply about on Jesus, who is the only one who can take care of them anyway, and allow the peace that he gives to to wash over us. And that changes our interactions. That changes how we're modeling who God is, because we're showing our faith in him by walking in faithfulness and bravery. And, And so many other so many other benefits for our kids come out of our focus being the way it should be. It's so true. You know, as we learn to step out in faith, whether that is homeschooling your children, whether that is, um, you know, maybe, maybe learning to live on one income or stop buying whatever it was that was making it so you couldn't stay home with your kids or, you know, whatever those small things are, as we start to step out in faith, God does, he's there, he's walking with us and he, he will never leave us or forsake us. That's his promise. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what does what does motherhood and actually homeschooling without fear look like? How do what does what should we expect if we're able to actually turn our focus away from that, from fear? Yeah, you know, I, I think there's just a lot more joy. Mm-hmm. You have the freedom to, you know, take a day off of school or not finish a workbook or go on a hike if that's what is gonna bring joy to your family instead of 
doing those math lessons. Right. Um, it also might mean the fear that, that you let go of the fear of your child being mad at you if you make them do the math lesson. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we're doing the opposite. We're maybe not doing enough in our homeschooling because we're afraid of our children's reactions or we're afraid to deal with the conflict that might come. So I think, you know, homeschooling without fear means living with vision. I think the steps that I talk about in Mothering by the Book to to get rid of fear they're, they're renewable. Like, you know, one of the things that I talk about a lot is how important it is to forgive, to get rid of fear. Because I think it's mm-hmm. when we start holding on to grudges towards people that we fear the same things happening in the future. You know, even small things like, um, you know, somebody spoke badly about you. It can put up a wall. It can make us more self-protective. So there are so many small fears that come through the experiences that we have, adverse ones even. Mm-hmm. And so taking time to forgive can release us into more joy. Taking time to write down a family vision. I think that a lot of fear comes when we are comparing ourselves to others. Like, you know, oh my gosh, that family, their child's an Eagle Scout. And I probably screwed up because I didn't have my children go to Boy Scouts. Or, oh my goodness, that child is doing so well in sports. And maybe I should have had my kids in sports. All these fears come up through comparison But if we have a really clear family vision, if we know, okay, our family cares about music proficiency. So all these other things we're not going to be good at, but we're going to really focus on that. Then if somebody's doing great in some other area, it doesn't bring fear. You can still have the joy of doing what you're called to do. So I think, you know, it's not, I think that just getting rid of fear sounds nice, but it's not as simple as that. I think it is a, a daily walking out of, developing good habits, having a clear vision, forgiveness, taking our thoughts captive. Even mm-hmm. I've, I've had to work on almost evaluating, you know, as thoughts come in my head instead of just like almost listening to every thought and kind of making a deal with it. I've had to learn to, Oh, wow. I'm imagining something terrible happening to my child that is not a thought from God, right? That is not a thought from God. And so I can take authority over that thought and just say, in Jesus name, leave hmm. you scary demonic Because it's like, <laughs> as mothers, we have these imaginations that are so vivid and terrible things yeah. happening to our kids. That's not from God. And so, you know, I think mothering with joy means learning to evaluate when fear is trying to speak to you and tell it to get lost. Whether that means just saying a verse right there, just having a verse written on your wall, having a verse that you memorize. Maybe it means imagining something better. Like, oh, I imagine my child actually doing really well on that test instead of like, oh, you know. So I I think there are a lot of actually practical steps that I outline in the book for overcoming fear because it is just so natural to us as mothers Mm. to worry and to be fearful. And I think it, it does take you know, just, it's almost like working out. Like it takes working these different muscles so that we can um, have a different life. That's not, that's not distinguished by fretful, fearful, and just a lack of joy is what I think characterizes a fearful life. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that you said during that was as you were talking about comparison and how your vision and and the way that your family functions based on what you believe God has for you, not only does that keep you from comparing yourself to those other families, but it also allows you to be joyful for them. You're able to cheer on other people when you're not taking on yourself the expectation that you're going to be 
all of those people. You're going to be number one at all of these things. And so we're able then to model for our children, actually cheering on and encouraging other people, which in our culture today is not something that's very prevalent. And it is something that's very, very biblical for us to encourage and exhort one another rather than always comparing ourselves to one another. So that's another, I think, byproduct of not living in fear and actually having clarity of purpose and vision within your family because it allows you to cheer on other people who are great at these things that is not for your family to be involved in. Yeah, it's true. And then I think it it positions us to learn from those people. You know, I have a friend who's just the most accomplished homemaker. I mean, she cooks beautifully. She gardens beautifully. Everything she does is amazing. Mm -hmm. And, but I'm not threatened by her, but I can learn from her. I'm not trying to be self-defensive and be like, oh, I'm not as good as you because of this, that, or the other thing. I, it it positions me to honor her for the beautiful work that she does. Mm -hmm. It positions me to be able to learn from her and and, you know, but also to know my limitations and not be threatened because I might not in this season be as excellent in those areas as she is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we say often we, when David and I were younger, we heard a pastor throw out this little side comment that like rocked our world. But he said in that, in that uh, little message he was given that you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. And in so many things that we talk about on this podcast, and I think this is a really, really big one. If we are walking in fear, if we are living in fear, if we are characterized by fear, we are so much more likely to pass that on, to reproduce that in our children. And I don't think any of us would look at our little babies and say, oh, honey, I really want to make you a fearful, anxious, stress-filled person. That's not at all what we want for our children. And so we have the opportunity to not only take control of our thoughts and to curb these these tendencies, these appetites in ourselves, but also to reproduce a a very different, a brave, peace-filled, joy-filled adult in those that are coming up behind us that we're raising. So true, Leslie. It's just so important that we get a hold of that because I think when we are young moms, we think, oh, I'll do everything better than my parents. You know? right. <laughs> but if we don't actually resolve some of those inner issues that make us feel inadequate or make us mad at our parents or whatever it is, like you say, we're just going to repeat the same pattern. So, mm-hmm. or maybe we'll, you know, in my case, I probably like tried to swing the other way and, and do things the opposite, but that none of that will accomplish what letting God heal our hearts and conform us into his image will do for our families. Because like you say, a lot more is caught than taught. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I want to ask you because you are such a big proponent of reading aloud and of using those stories like we talked about earlier in the podcast to kind of reframe our thinking and to teach us so many things. So who is your favorite literary mother? What can we learn from her? Oh my goodness. That, you know, there's a few, honestly, I think, uh, I think often of Laura Ingalls Wilder's mother, Hmm. you know, she did deal with fear and it's obviously she dealt with fear. And a lot of people have issues with her today because of her fear, for instance, of native Americans. So she was fearful, but you see her doing the hard things anyhow, you know, like there was one that memory that really sticks out for me of Paul was stuck in a snowbank. She didn't know if he was dead out there. 
And she played games with the girls instead of just sitting there fretting. Mm-hmm. And there was such a contrast because later on, Laura goes and works as a school teacher and she has to live with this family where the mother is letting herself go emotionally. Like the mother is, you know, waking up in the middle of the night and threatening to kill her husband, basically. Mm-hmm. And, and so you see the contrast between a mother who in the same circumstances of being out on the prairie, being in a scary situation, one mother learns to play games with her children and, and kind of try to keep the atmosphere light. And the other one goes crazy on them. And, you know, I mean, the, it's, it's just, I think a really stark visual of, of the differences Hmm. when we let ourselves go emotionally. Also the mother in little britches is a real favorite of mine because she, when her husband passed away, she had the opportunity to farm the kids out, but she, you know, kept them all close, Mm. uh, did her best to support them all, um, you know, work together with them, really tried to even give them a childhood. It's just such a beautiful picture of sacrificial motherhood. And this morning I was even reading about Dwight Moody's mother and, you know, her husband died when she was pregnant with her last two kids. So she ended up single parenting nine children at a time when there was no social services to help bail, bail her out. And, and she, you know, the way that her son talked about his mother, just the honor that he gave her for her, her um, diligence. I think what it is, is just diligence. Like, yes, we are going to deal with fear. Yes, we are going to make mistakes, but it's just that we don't give up. We don't just let everything go. And I think that's one of the tendencies for older homeschool moms is they start to feel all this regret about mistakes that they can see they've made. Or they maybe even see their kids making mistakes. And instead of just continuing to be faithful, they kind of throw their hands up and give up and do a 180 and all of a sudden abandon all their values. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, what God is calling us to is just faithfulness, faithfulness in the little years of loving those babies, faithfulness in the homeschool years of just doing the best we can each day, but trusting the results to God and faithfulness as our children grow to continue doing those good things that we started with even if we don't immediately see the results. Yeah. Yep. Amen. 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 Well, Jennifer, it has been a joy to have you with us again today. It's, it's been encouraging to be reminded to not homeschool or mother out of fear, but there's so many reasons why we don't need to, because we serve a God who is in control. I want you to tell us before we go a little bit more about your new book and, you know, where we can find it, what it's all about. Give us, give us a little bit of insight there, please. Yeah. So Mothering by the Book, it has uh, 14 chapters and each one kind of ties a book that I read aloud to my children to lessons that I learned about overcoming fear. You can find it at the webpage, motheringbythebook.com. And if you enter your email and your order number there, there's a few freebies that come with it, but it's also available wherever books are sold, Amazon, Christian Book, Barnes and Noble, et cetera. Okay. All right. So I will make sure that I link that for you guys um, because I know you're going to want to pick that up. I think it's so cool the way that you are able to take those stories and tie them and extract the lessons for us moms. And then I hope that beyond those 14, that moms will just take off from there and start extracting their own lessons from all the stories that they read aloud with their kids, because there's a lot of growth that can happen through that. So where else can they, so aside from getting the book at Mothering by the Book, where else can they find and engage with you? 
Yeah. You know, a lot of my books that are in Mothering by the Book are books that were read aloud as families who are using the Peaceful Press resources. So all of our elementary resources are literature based and we read books together and talk about them and notebook them. And that's um, that information is on my Instagram at the Peaceful Press or the Peaceful Press dot shop. And then I also write frequently on uh, Jennifer Papito Instagram. So mm-hmm. at Jennifer Papito on Instagram, I'm often writing about family life or the books I'm reading and thoughts, all that fun stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure that I link to all of those so that you guys can find her easily. So Jennifer, thank you again for taking the time to be with us today. It's been quite a joy. Thank you. It was a joy to get to chat with you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. And to everyone else, I am confident that this has been an encouragement to you. I hope that it's helped you see things in a different light. So I encourage you, go check out her book. There's so many good ideas, good thoughts, good things extracted from that literature that I think will really help you even as you read going forward. So check that out at motheringbythebook.com. Make sure that you connect with Jennifer on Instagram. Go check out the Peaceful Press products. They have some great stuff to offer over there. I hope that you have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.